Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Tate's Take. You know we like to call it where basketball lives. Follow along on all social media platforms at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Again, as you know, it's where basketball lives. We like to call it the best, the most entertaining, the most informational, and, of course, the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. So find it anywhere you find your favorite pod. Uh, uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Also, check us out on Spreaker. In addition to uh, The Flow Television, that sports department over there at The Flow Television that uh, you can find us uh, on Fire TV, as well as Apple TV, uh, as well as Roku, all that good stuff. So no excuses, people, to where you're not able to find uh, Tate's Take. Uh, so I've actually been looking forward to this interview for quite some time and been working on it for a while and really happy to um, uh, introduce a guy who I'm a huge, huge fan of his work. He doesn't know. I ain't told him all that information just yet, but a huge fan of his work. and going to get ready to bring him in from the green room um, right about now. Perfect. There we go. There's there's my guy right there. That would be none other than Jerry Paul, the college basketball columnist, analyst. I'm telling you, the resume gets longer and longer. Writer for CBS Sports. Follow him on social media, particularly on Twitter, at Jerry Palm CBS. That is, I'm sorry, at JP Palm CBS. That is at JPPALM CBS. Jerry, first and foremost, uh, how you doing? It's the beginning of the season, going to be starting up here in six days. Like, I'm ready, like, tonight. I had an inner opportunity at ACC Media Day. Talk to Hubert Davis a little bit. We'll get into that later. He says, I'm ready to go like right now. This is nothing new to me. I'm used to being in front of the cameras. I'm ready to go right now. And that's how I feel about college basketball. I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah, actually, I cover both basketball and football. So yesterday was the initial release of the college football playoff rankings. So that has really enveloped my attention until today. And today I'm working on a preseason bracket for the NCAA tournament. So I'm getting geared up for college basketball. I'm a Purdue guy, and we have a great team at Purdue this year. Uh, very exciting uh, opportunity for the Boilermakers this year. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that team goes uh, and getting back to Mackey Arena, uh, one of the best home environments in college basketball, and seeing a game live in front of a crowd, uh, which we haven't had now, of course, for two years. I want to go ahead and mention one thing because I did a little bit of reading and some researching and pay pretty close attention. I know you're a Purdue guy. I myself, if you can't tell by all the stuff going on behind me, I'm a Sparty, so it's going to be a humongous <laughs> game coming up this weekend. I don't think they knew I was a big Sparty guy. Uh, I, I, I've seen this movie before now, Jerry. I know we're going to get into some basketball stuff. I've seen this movie before. I saw it against Iowa at home. I saw it against Ohio State a few years ago. I don't know whether to be nervous or what, but I tell you what, Michigan State certainly got their work cut out for them. Were you in agreement that they should be uh, where they are currently ranked as of last night at number three, uh, considering uh, or, or that stemming from the college football playoff committee? Well, I thought they'd be number two. I don't have a problem necessarily with number three. I mean, the thing about Alabama at number two is I mean, Alabama – despite the loss, is the team that everybody seems to think is going to win this thing in the end. And it's kind of hard to get that out of your head if, if you think that they're that good, that they could win this thing. Uh, I, you know, I, I kind of understand how they got to number two. Uh, I thought Michigan State should have been two. I thought they really earned it this past weekend with a win over Michigan. 
Uh, Kenneth Walker III is having a fantastic season. You could even say right now he's a Heisman favorite for this week. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that game with Purdue this week, uh, Purdue might be catching them at a good time, but Purdue has not played very well at home this year, although their defense has been good enough to keep them in games. It should be interesting to see what, what Purdue's defense could try to do to neutralize Walker and make the quarterback beat him. New relationship and new friendship between Deshaun Tate and Jerry Palm. We're going to have to see if we can find a friendly little wage, a friendly little bet that we can uh, maybe put together some sort of way. I want to start things out with this right here, and I think that this is uh, the consensus. It's gone on everywhere. Everybody's going to be talking about it. Madison Square Garden is going to be next Tuesday. One of, if not the biggest rivalry, no disrespect to North Carolina, but uh, between Duke and Kentucky, two powerhouse programs, two teams that uh, didn't participate in the NCAA tournament on last year, looking to kind of rebound from those seasons and just wonder what we'll see. Obviously, Coach K with it being his last year, um, they're looking forward to just duking it out. I just kind of want to get your overall perspective on uh, on Coach K uh, for the upcoming season and just what this Duke team could look like and maybe just some of your most memorable Coach K moments, whether they be personally, professionally, or just watching them in general. Yeah, you know, it's funny, my, uh, um, my probably my favorite Duke memory is really more of a Butler memory, uh, and that is that they won the national championship when Gordon Hayward's shot rimmed out. Uh, that would have given Butler a just remarkable national championship run, uh, but Duke ends up winning it. I, you know, Coach K, I, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, he's arguably the best coach in the history of the sport, uh, you could maybe talk about John Wooden, of course, uh, in that regard as well, and all of his championships. They're really different eras. And, it, you know, so it's hard to compare because Wooden totally dominated at UCLA. But Coach K has dominated as, as well in a different way, in a much more competitive environment. Uh, for them to be at the top of college basketball nearly every year, it took a pandemic to take him out of the tournament. It took back surgery one year to take him out of the tournament. Otherwise, Duke seems like one of the teams to beat virtually every season. Now, this season, I'm not sure how that's going to be because the top of college basketball has got a lot of great teams. Duke could be a number one seed seems like beyond their talent level at this point, but a two, a three, a final four run one more time, uh, possibly. It'll be interesting to see how his team is uh, reacts and deals with basically the retirement uh, tour. Uh, that he'll be going on this year and all of the attention being paid to coach K as this season goes on his final season in college basketball. Uh, they're really They're going to be one of the more compelling stories anyway, but with it being his final season and him having a team that maybe isn't quite final four ready, let's see, you know, what happens if he can get them final four ready by the time March rolls around. If all goes well, I have to bring you back on the show about 365 days later. So maybe we can see what this new Duke team will kind of look like being under a new coach in John Shire. But we'll save that for another day. And speaking of Duke, I want to go just a couple miles up the road. What, maybe eight minutes or so right up the road. Keeping it on Tobacco Road, of course, uh, against um, and talking about their, their, their rival team in North Carolina. Obviously, having a new coach, talked about that for a second. Hubert Davis very first year what do you anticipate North Carolina will look like because I don't feel like over the years the recruiting has been the same I know the Carolina way they like to get out and run and get in transition 
a team that you never want to run with, but they haven't. I get it. They won a national championship 2017. I understand that. I respect all that. I overstand that. Uh, but they haven't quite looked like the North Carolina that I grew up on. I'm not sure what the reasons behind what, what the, as to why that is. But do you think they'll, they'll get back to that more traditional Carolina dominance? What do you think they'll look like? Well, I, I think they'll get better. I don't know that that'll be this year. Uh, I think there'll be an adjustment period this year. And, and by the way, adjustment period means that North Carolina is probably still a top 25 team, you know, an upper half of the bracket team. They'll, they'll have a good season. Uh, but, you know, they've got a, a mix of talent that doesn't really, or did not, I should say, uh, mix well together in the last few years. It just seems like they couldn't quite build the chemistry. So that's going to be really the first job for Hubert Davis is to try and build chemistry with the roster that he has so that they can interact better on the floor. If they can do that, they've got talent. You know, so North Carolina may not be, you know, Duke-level talent or Kentucky-level talent or Gonzaga-level talent, but they should be a middle-of-the-top-25 kind of team if they can play well together this season. You know, we'll see. The top of the ACC is going to be pretty competitive. It always is. And uh, and North Carolina should be one of the teams in the mix there. Uh, but I see North Carolina as maybe a five seed this year, give or take one, uh, depending on how things go. Then uh, Hubert Davis's first year. And then, of course, he's got to recruit, you know, to to fill in, you know, some of the blanks there and, and get the talent to compete at a higher level. Yeah, North Carolina talking about that program. Caleb Love didn't necessarily look like he was ready to have the kind of freshman season that a lot of people expected. Kind of reminded me a little bit of Nasir Little a couple of years ago. Expectations were really high, and uh, and uh, it kind of had some similar looks to it. But, of course, everybody develops at a much different pace. And ironically enough, uh, you've got a North Carolina team that the last two years have been the worst three-point percentage shooting team uh, that they've had in school history the last two years. And the guy that's coming in and taking over for Roy Williams, that being Hubert Davis, the all-time three-point percentage leader for the team. So we'll see how much they improve in that particular department. Um, just seeing this coming down a few hours ago, um, Jalen Wilson, one of the uh, guards for Kansas, uh, out with suspension. Not exactly sure exactly how long yet, uh, but it, I would imagine that that will certainly affect them a little bit. If not anything else, they're playing Michigan State in Madison Square Garden on next week. How much does this affect Rock Chuck Jayhawk. Well, I guess it depends on how long he's out. You know, obviously you're losing a player you're counting on. And, you know, when you play teams like Michigan State, even though Michigan State may not be as good this year as we're used to seeing in a Big Ten that's absolutely loaded, uh, Michigan State might be the seventh best team. And that's still borderline top 25. Uh, Kansas, you know, may have may be able to manage uh, Michigan State and maybe the early part of their schedule. But the thing about Kansas is they always play – a really good non-conference schedule. So, yes. you know, Kansas is going to have to, you know, if, they, if he's out for a long period of time, and like you say, we don't really know, uh, then obviously this becomes a problem for depth uh, going through the uh, difficult non-conference schedule that they normally play. Yeah, Kansas hasn't really looked like the dominant 14 in a row regular season champs that, I mean, that, that, that was ended between Kansas State, I believe, and Texas Tech a couple of years ago, and they try to climb back in this thing, and Kansas weren't really looking all that good. Ironically enough, and coincidentally enough, a lot of the teams last year that people consider to be big powerhouse programs, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, UCLA was on the ropes of getting in to the tournament, needed the first four, Michigan State for that matter, even, uh, and even a couple others thereafter. 
Um, speaking of Michigan State, let me ask you this because I got a ton of people watching Jerry, and a lot of them are right there in East Lansing, my hometown of Lansing, Michigan, and where I come from. And I know that they're kind of curious as to know why some of this is. For a guy that's been to eight Final Fours, we get it. That's a very, very difficult thing to do. But with a lot of those, it come, becomes expectations that come with it. And after a while, you start to kind of look like the Buffalo Bills of the 90s after some time. <laughs> what are some of the biggest reasonings behind why you think we've seen some of the disappointment? We get it. It's a really tough thing to do. What sticks out like a sore thumb as to why you don't think that they've been able to get it done? Well, they don't always get into the tournament as a number one seed or a number two seed. So, you know, they're going in as like a three or a four. And then you get to the final four with that. Well, it's eventually you're going to come across a team that's just more talented and it's hard to hard to get by them. Uh, but it's so hard to win six games in a row in March. You know, it's, it just is. And Michigan State is an elite program. I mean, Tom Izzo is one of the all-time great college basketball coaches taking over for Judd Heathcote. I mean, you know, they didn't lose a step. Not only did they not lose a step, they got better. And and Michigan State is the gold standard in Big Ten basketball over his time at Michigan State. And, you know, programs like Purdue that wins a lot of, of conference championships. You know, Indiana has had national championships, although not for quite some time. Michigan has been really good. Everybody's still trying to beat Michigan State. And this year you might have more teams that can beat Michigan State, but that doesn't mean they're going to be bad. It just shows the quality at the top of Big Ten basketball this year. But the NCAA tournament, look, that's not an easy thing. They've been to a ton of Final Fours, that a record that almost everybody in college basketball would take. Yeah, I was going to say, when you mentioned uh, Indiana uh, uh, national championships, but not in quite some time. I like the way you snuck that in there, Mr. Boilermaker, that is. Uh, uh, let me... Um, let me ask you this, because, you know, that, that is one of the things I was going to say, too, real quick about Michigan State is they always seem to be, you know, a, a, a program in which because they get there to the Final Four so often. I don't know if they feel like they're playing for Final Fours or for national championships sometimes. Uh, I would imagine they're obviously going out there, putting it all on the floor to win a national championship. But sometimes those Sparty fans can get kind of spoiled with those Final Four uh, uh, um, uh, appearances. Trust me, I know a little bit too well. Um, this also came down and happened over the course of the last few hours as well. Do you want to kind of pick your brain and get your overall thoughts on a really pissed off Oklahoma State Cowboy program uh, that is going to be under their postseason ban uh, this upcoming postseason in the event that they were eligible for it, they would be playing for it. Clearly, they're not now. What are your overall thoughts? Well, the unfortunate thing about almost all NCAA punishments is that they're not impacting the people who committed the, the problem, right? Because by the time they get around to passing judgment, if you will, those people are gone. The coach is gone, but whatever players were involved are gone. And I don't know that there were really players involved, but the coach is gone. And But now it's the current program that has to pay. And that's unfortunate. But I don't know what else they can really do that's a deterrent, you know, for this sort of thing happening again. Um, I, you know, Oklahoma State's got a good team this year. Uh, you know, a team that you think would probably make the NCAA tournament, not like last year's team. You know, they haven't got a, a guy like Kate Cunningham. You know, those guys don't walk in the door every day. But, you know, it's it's just an unfortunate situation. Uh, but the NCAA has taken way too long to adjudicate some of these cases uh, as, in, involving a trial that happened, what, two, three years ago? And they've had the yeah. information for longer than that. 
the wheels of justice turn very slowly at the NCAA, and that's that's been a consistent problem forever. I'll go ahead and throw this in here real quick. In the locker room right now, episode number 100 finally for Tate's Take here. Got my guy Jerry Palman here in the locker room with us. NCAA college basketball columnist, analyst, writer, um, you name it, CBS Sports. Find them on Twitter at JP Palm CBS. That is at JP Palm CBS. Now, what we're going to do real quick, we're going to go ahead and pay some bills and take probably about 25, 30 seconds in order to do it before I invite you in over to what we call quick release, kind of our hot seat, quick take type deal, uh, if you will. So I want to make sure that I go ahead and throw uh, that piece in there as well. So uh, this is the quick release segment sponsored by Exotics by Curtis Smith. Look good, feel good, play great. Exoticsproducts.com. All products are 110% natural. No chemicals added. About time we give our skin what it deserves, but not before you go and check out. Do you go and put in that discount code at the checkout? Tate's take. You see it there at the bottom on the ticker. Get your 15% off. And I promise you that you will not um uh you you you'll have to thank me for it later let's go ahead and put it that way so let's go ahead and put my guy on the hot seat a little bit just throw a couple questions in there for him we've got a few of them but we're going to get ready to get him out of here relatively quickly don't want to take up mr palm's time as six days away who's counting uh for college basketball let's play a little bit of fill in the blank first if memphis doesn't reach blank in the postseason it'll likely be considered a disappointing season for them. If they don't get to what round, it'll be considered a disappointing season. I would say Elite Eight. Memphis, is, Memphis has got a lot of talent, late additions uh, in recruiting. And uh, it, the problem, though, with Memphis is they've had talent and they haven't really achieved to the level of that talent yet. So this team needs to do that. And I think that Elite Eight run would do that. And then anything that happens after that, you know the NCAA tournament. It's all gravy, you know, what happens after that. But they should have the talent to be able to get three rounds deep in this tournament, if everybody stays healthy, of course. Do you understand the Gonzaga discouragement, the people like me who said, I'm never putting – I'm never putting this team, I don't care who's walking through the door. John Stockton can walk back through for crying out loud. I'm never putting them on my bracket again. Do you understand that discouragement? Or is that no. not really something that you're on board with at all? No, this this is a talented team. They're well coached. We just got talking about how hard it is to win six games in a row. They've been to the finals twice in the last, what, five years? It's hard. This is hard. What Mark Few and... Uh, Don Monson before him, who started this build, what they've done is remarkable. No, you're 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 foolish to ignore Gonzaga. Yeah, I think we're gonna be calling me. We changed my middle name from Mario to Foolish. We're gonna call me Deshaun Foolish Tate going forward. How about this one? Playing a little bit more, fill in the blank. Just give me a team and or a player that that that, that you would say might surprise everyone else this upcoming season, but it won't surprise Jerry Palm. Who is that team? Well, I'm going with my Boilermakers. Jaden Ivey is electric athlete and can get to the rim. If his three-point shot develops like you expected it can, nobody gets to the rim faster, I don't think, in college basketball than Jaden Ivey. If he has the kind of year that people think he can have, Purdue's a legitimate Final Four contender. That's a name that everybody's been running with. Everybody talks about, you know, Travion Williams. It's more than just him. You got the big man, Zach Eady. They keep big men in, 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 the, in the front court for days over there at Purdue. I'm not sure how they do it. Let me. It's find an ag out. school. We grow them. 
Okay, there we go. I was going to say it's got to be something, something in the water. I don't know what it is or what's not, but yeah, they've got something going there. Uh, playing a little bit more uh, fill in the blank. Let's have some fun here. The most underrated or underappreciated thing about Coach K as a coach is his ability to do blank. Manage a very talented roster, which is not nearly as easy as it sounds because you – when you have a very talented roster, there's a lot of egos in the room. And he manages that very well to get to the success level that he's had. I love that. I love that answer. Uh, how about this one? We're going to try and just do a couple more. And I know you're really busy, so we're going to try and get you out. Uh, how soon before you think we'll see guys like some of the elder statesmen, your Bayheims, your Huggins, Izzo, Patino, uh, following the footsteps of a guy like a Coach K or a Roy Williams? I don't think any of those guys will be coaching college basketball five years from now. Wow. Okay. Interestingly enough, especially how about a guy like Bayheim could be after this year. I don't know. I haven't heard any rumblings, but he's got two kids, two sons that are seniors on this team. And he's even calling them maybe the best perimeter shooting team that he's had since he's been there for a million years. How about the, uh, the freshman that you're most anxious and excited to see this season? Ooh, freshman. Mm -hmm. um, Bates at Memphis. Because I think he's going to be a huge part of whatever success they have. Mm -hmm. um, Memphis's freshman class is, is terrific, and, and they're going to have to mature quickly. I love that. I love that. How about this one? Uh, blank is the most dangerous mid-major team this season, minus Gonzaga, of course, that nobody's really talking about. Who would that team be? Belmont. I, I, was, Belmont, you I was going to, ready to give you Loyola until you said nobody's talking about. I'll, I'll give you Belmont. Uh, Belmont should run through the Ohio Valley uh, pretty easily again this year. They're a very dangerous team, has a lot back from last year's team, uh, to have a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, I would watch out for Belmont. And I'll give you one more. Louisiana Tech, if they make the tournament with Kenneth Lofton Jr., is the best player that not too many people know about unless you paid attention to the U19 tournament this summer. Wow, the Belmont Bruins. That's always one. If you know some basketball and you may – anybody that – let me tell you something. Anybody that mentions the Belmont Bruins, I'll tell you one thing, that guy knows about his college basketball. You always want to watch out for those guys, just as Duke probably about 10 to 15 years ago. Let's go with uh, blank will be the best inside-outside duo this season. Inside-outside. Ooh. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Curbelo and Co Kofi Co Cockburn. <laughs> I always say it wrong. Coburn at Illinois. <laughs> uh, those, those two guys – Coburn is a load. The Big Ten has got ridiculous talent in the post. Uh, but I think Curbelo is in for a big year this year. And Coburn having come back to school, I think that those two guys could play off each other really well and, and give Illinois a chance at a really special season. I'm going to have to start charging you, Jerry, if you're living in my head rent-free any longer than this because that's who I had for my best inside outside duo too. I think Shaquille O'Neal needs to start working out Kofi Coburn a little bit. There's no reason why he shouldn't be the animal, which is hard to imagine that he more than he already is. Uh, just a couple more uh, here. You talked about the Big Ten already. Uh, the Big Ten, true or false, Big Ten will once again be largely considered as the best conference in the country. Yeah, I think that's true for sure. The depth in the Big Ten is ridiculous again this year. You're going to go 10 deep, uh, maybe 11 with potential NCAA tournament teams, five or six deep with teams that could be seeded one through four uh, that have that level of talent. By the time they get done beating each other up, they probably won't all be seated there. But, yeah, it's 
you know, last year was disappointing in the tournament, but uh, this year the Big Ten figures to be uh, a factor in the NCAA tournament. 60 seconds left here with Jerry Palm. Appreciate him for joining us and, and sticking around, extending the time for us just a little bit. Um, blank is the best team not ranked in the AP Top 25 this year. Ooh, I have to look at the AP Top 25 to be able to answer that question. Um, I'm going to say, let's see. Uh, maybe, I don't know, is Auburn in the 25? They probably are. Auburn's in, Auburn's in. So I'll give you a, just real, real fast. Uh, we got Gonzaga at one from one to 25. Gonzaga, UCLA, Kansas, Villanova, Texas. That rounds out the top five. Michigan, Purdue, Baylor, Duke, and Kentucky rounds out the 10. Here's the next 15. Illinois, Memphis, Oregon, Alabama, Houston. That's the top 15. Arkansas, Ohio State, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Florida State is the top 20. The last five is as follows. Maryland, Auburn, St. Bonaventure, uh, Connecticut, and Virginia. So I'm going to go Michigan State. Don't mean to pair the host, but I'm going to go Sparty. Uh, I think Sparty is going to be in the top 25 by the time we get to the NCAA tournament. That's a good team. answer I was looking for. Last but certainly not least, question for you here, and this one's going to be a little bit fun. Jerry, give me the minimum price in his last year. North Carolina on the road at Duke, bare minimum. Worst seat in the house if there's such thing. They only sit about nine people. Bare minimum, what's the minimum price for it? Do you think it is just to get in the door? 2500 $2,500. Okay. Just to get in the I door. I like that. No, I love that. I love that. Great answers. And I, you know what? I, I appreciate you so much and even extending the time. I really do. And I really even mean that so, so much. Jerry Palm, college basketball columnist, analyst, writer, CBS, CBS Sports. Find him on Twitter at JPPalmCBS. That is at JPPalmCBS. Jerry, thank you so much. I really love your work, man. I admire the work that you do. I'm a huge fan of it, and I appreciate you so much for not only just joining the episode, joining the program, but with it being episode number 100 is pretty special. Well, thanks for having me on anytime. Just you reach out. I certainly will. Thank you so much. That's my guy right there, Jerry Palmer. You know, I appreciate him for coming on and showing some love and extending himself uh, a little bit and, you know, uh, um, you know, showing that um, he can come in and bless us with some of his knowledge and just his presence and just this thing isn't easy. I'm talking about on the fly, talking some college hoops and not knowing anything remotely close to what questions are going to be asked and things of that nature. So I do appreciate him for that. Listen, we don't have very much time left. I don't know what, what, 24 hours, 24 times six, six days. I'm not really good at math. If you ask me what's two plus two, I'll probably tell you 22. So I don't know what that number is, but I do know how critical uh, the number six is. Six days away until the tip-off of the college basketball season. I appreciate every single person, each and every single soul for watching uh, here with us. Episode number 100 from episode number one, all the way to 100. It's been uh, a grand time for me, some growing, some uh, networking and just developing, establishing relationships with different people. And a lot of the people who do know my story, me just kind of taking, takes take in this platform and taking it to uh, higher heights, if you will, and just something that has, you know, been my dreams and my goals and 
uh, my aspirations to do something like this and have my own platform and, you know, have have my takes take over there like that and just have my own little setup, my own little background, talk about what you want, do what you want, be your own boss of your own show and all that good stuff. It's not always the easiest thing finding different networks here in the South uh, that wanted to talk about some college basketball, especially when Georgia is, you know, I guess, number one ranked team in the country in college football. So it's not always the easiest thing when nobody cares until March. But guess what? We care right here. If you love college basketball, if you love the NBA, uh, if you love high school hoops, the grassroots level, AAU, we're talking it, Special Olympics, wheelchair basketball, you name it, we're talking it here on Tate's Take, hashtag where basketball lives, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. That's where basketball lives. Follow it on social media. Go and tell a friend. Don't save it for the local barbershops. Don't save it for the local sports bars. Your voice can be heard here. Uh, and as you know, you can always feel free to come through here and uh, get a little bit of education on some hoops. And today, obviously, Jerry Palm, thank you so much for, uh, for, for him for joining us. Thank you out there who are watching and listening, who will do so later. Go and subscribe. Every, any and everywhere that you can find your favorite podcast, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Red Circle, Spotify, Stitcher, um, uh, Spreaker, uh, you can even find us on uh, the the in the sports department of the Flow Channel, uh, the 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 Flow Television, the Flow Television on your Fire TV, on your Roku, on your Apple TV, the whole nine, totally free. Just go to that or just pull up Tate's Take, shoot me a DM, whatever you need to do. But go and tell a friend where they can find Tate's Take. We like to call it the best, the most entertaining, the most informational, and the most educational basketball content in the planet in the form of a podcast i want to say a couple things real quick before i'm on my way out i'm extending it just by less than 60 seconds for a couple special reasons one of those special reasons obviously being a good friend of mine has covid um my friend carlton please you guys keep him in your prayers you know i'm really hoping that my boy pulls through it's not looking outstanding but i don't want to put that too loud up into the atmosphere because i know that the good lord jesus christ himself is a uh, is a miracle worker uh, and, and can do some things that nobody else can do. Uh, so I definitely wanted to, uh, you know, to 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 say a couple words to you guys in regards to him. And go ahead and please keep him in your prayers. An amazing guy. Not just saying that because he's not he's a little under the weather, but an amazing, outstanding guy. Great personality, big bright smile. So keep him in your prayers. He means a lot to me and and, and knows a lot about my journey to getting all the way up to episode number one hundred. And even more so, my good buddy T.J. Reeves. Got to show some love to my guy, TJ Reeves, who has been with me since episode number one, all the way to episode number 100, staying up, extending his time extra late sometimes after going and covering games uh, 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 at Buck Sideline Guy on Twitter, doing his thing and always finding time to upload uh, Tate's take uh, into the database so that you guys can hear this later, watch this later, the whole nine. So I'm extremely, extremely uh, thankful and grateful for him and for all you guys that have been consistently, um, you know, with me uh, this entire time and just uh, finding value um, in uh, in in the uh, in the content that I bring to you guys each and every single time. So we've got some other guys coming on. Steve Lavin is going to be coming on with us pretty soon. See if I can catch back up with Jay Billis and Mike DeCourcy and all uh, my my whole crew. Uh, so I appreciate everybody for watching and for listening, for supporting, for praying the whole nine. I'll see you guys really soon. 
for episode number 101. Don't forget, at Tate's Take Hoops, where basketball lives. Peace.